0: Welcome to Startup Stereo, the German Accelerator podcast with and for founders, innovators, and change makers. Plug into expert tips, experiences, and best practices around scaling, leadership, new work, and much more. My name is Katrin Grunwald. I'm a coach, mentor, and founder of the Globe team a consultancy for team and organizational development. I'm happy to be your host for Startup Stereo, a podcast powered by German Accelerator. German Accelerator empowers high-potential German startups to scale globally. Our guest today is Anna Iona, co-founder of Wildling, a company producing minimal shoes for children and adults that feel like walking barefoot. What started as a good way to balance working and family life with three kids, Wildling has been set up as a remote company from the beginning and now has more than 130 employees, a big majority of them working remotely from their own homes. Anna is therefore the perfect guest to talk about recommendations for working from home. In our conversation, we talk about the importance of a virtual coffee kitchen, of daily routines, of fostering trust, also in a remote company, through bi-monthly live meetings, well, in non-corona times. And we talk about Wildlink's Creative Plan B in case of a total lockdown. To give you a teaser... It involves the decentralized storage of 20,000 pairs of shoes in their employees' garages. As we did this interview from home to home, you might hear kids in the background. But I can imagine that is something that during the corona times we've all come to know that work and family life have moved just a little bit closer. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the podcast, and let's start with an introduction of you and your company, Wildling. Hi, Katrin.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Anna. I founded the company together with my husband in 2015. Uh, Wildling is a company that makes minimal shoes. Uh, So we make shoes with the concept of as little shoe as possible. And we actually started making these shoes for our own children that uh, grew up barefoot. Um, We lived in Israel for a while. And uh, when we came back to Germany, we saw that the kids needed shoes for the winter um, and that they couldn't walk as usual with those shoes. So um, we started designing shoes that would make that possible. And uh, in the end, that's the idea that we came up with. Um, That's how we grew as a company. We make shoes for children and adults today. Um, And it's a really, really interesting project.
0: What I personally feel really remarkable about Wildling is that you're working nearly as a fully remote company with around 130 employees. So not just during Corona times, but in general, how how does it work? What are fundamentals that you have established in working together with your team?
1: Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, we actually started working remote um, right from the beginning. Um, we had three small kids. I had to work a lot of hours um, as a founder. And I saw that it's it was much easier to combine work and family um, when working from home. So it was just a lot easier to, you know, to work long hours, but be there for lunch together or be there if somebody fell and had to be um, soothed. So, um when we started employing people because we couldn't handle the workload um, by ourselves, we employed them from home because there was no office. Um, So that's how it all started. And in the beginning it was pretty easy because we started employing friends and family, like everybody who couldn't, you know, run away quickly enough when we needed help. Um, So uh, afterwards, of course, it was friends of friends and and people that we didn't know. Um, And then things started to become a bit more, Um, more difficult with the communication and the structure like the team became more became bigger and more complex Um, so we started establishing um, a few very important steps Um, we started having meetings um, in person so that was actually um, those meetings some people really saw each other for the first time they had been working together for let's say half a year but they actually met each other in person for the first time Um, So during these meetings, we started um, defining our vision for the company. Where do we want to get? um, Why do we do this? Like, what what is it that motivates all of us to get up in the morning and to work together? Um, What are our values that would be our guidelines for how to work um, and how to really take good decisions and and also complex situations? And then we um, adopted an agile management system, um, OKRs, Objectives and Key Results, Um, To really keep the company aligned, like to define company goals, um, to define goals for each and everyone in the company um, that keeps all of us on track, like in a quite um, strict framework. And then within that framework, you can really give your employees all the freedom and flexibility that this kind of work allows.
0: So you mentioned the, the personal touch, or let's say the personal relationships, which I think are, are really important, especially if you don't see each other that often. How, how explicitly do you do it to establish also the trust, I guess?
1: Um, well, I think trust is one of the main things you need when working with any team, actually, but especially if you're working remote. Um, and I think trust is really is, is one of the essentials to forming a good company culture. Um, so we really try to keep um, flat hierarchies and to really um, hand over the responsibility that comes with a certain task, like be it like leading a team or you know, leading a project, like whatever, if you're a specialist in a certain area or if you're really coordinating people. So to really you know, hand over that responsibility fully so people can really work autonomously and that's an important part of our of our culture. So let's say a team lead would be um, would be responsible for hiring and also for firing people, which is really important. Um, and um, so we we try to you know it, it's really helpful to have um, that guiding system to have a vision that we all relate to that we all. Um, identify with so that really forms um our company culture and our values also the common values that we have the mutual values that we have um and based on that it's actually quite easy to find a common ground um and to you know to commit to certain goals that we really like all our goals have an added value it's it's never you know we just want to reach um, um that amount and turn over or we want to you know grow our sales in x percent so it's more like what added value do we want to create? Um, so it's also easy to find meaning in the kind of goals that we set. And then based on that, based on the meaning that you have, um, that you find in, in, the, in your goals, based on um, the trust that you receive and thus the autonomy that, that you have, um, and also based on, on the feeling that you can develop um, according to your own personal strengths inside the company – you really can create intrinsic motivation. And, and that kind of makes it easy also to trust people because they really love to work. So we really have to rather, you know, keep people from working too much instead of, you know, having people not doing enough.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a very, um, let's say, inclusive uh, company culture, really taking into account also the individuals as as human beings as part um, of the, yeah, the mission you have in the world. Um, what are really practical things that have helped you to to stay in contact to let's say um interact and also manage people and you're up to 130 employees now so um let's look a bit at, at the structures that you've put in place well we use um we use certain tools
1: and those we and we have only a few tools but we use them um a lot so we have Asana as our um, virtual office. Um, it's a it's a very large project man- yeah. management tool, and really allows us to you know to stay aligned and to know what everybody's working on and to you know hand over projects or tasks or manage questions and everything that comes up. Um, this all um, we also have our OKRs inside Asana. So that's basically the structure. Um, the outer framework for our um, working sprints. We used to do this like an OKR set for each quarter of the year. By now we're down to each trimester. um, So we have a bit more time to to really focus on on those goals. Um, So we work together on Asana. We have um, communication through Slack um, and we use the Google suit uh, for, for, you know, all um, working together in the cloud on on documents and uh, calendar and everything so but basically those are the three, um, the three tools that we use, Google Suite, um, Asana and Slack for communication. So Slack is kind of our ad hoc um, communication tool. It's, it's more, um, we can also have a chat there, like it's kind of
0: it's, our... Yeah, the social part as well, I guess. I read somewhere that you, you use it to send gifts or just to have the coffee chat moments uh, virtually. Absolutely. It's our coffee kitchen. We can all meet up there. We can have a laugh together. We
1: can share pictures or, you know, a funny challenge and then everybody tries out and, you know, post their video. Um, So this is, this is where we have like uh, interaction and fun um, explicitly allowed, you know, to talk about non-work related stuff. And and it's really a good way to get to know people. It's really funny how much um, you can get to know a person only via, you know, a virtual chat. Um, so we use that um, and we also, um, we allow people, you know, to to meet up um, and just exchange knowledge. Like we have this fair learning platform where people can say, okay, I know how to knit, for example, and who would like to have, you know, who, who would like to do a course? So I'm offering a, an, an online course in knitting and then they meet up or they do yoga together or just um, meet up for a coffee chat, um, especially now in this in this time. This is really helpful. Like some people, you know, are alone all the time in, in their flat, um, and then it's just it's just good to see a person, even if it's for fifteen minutes, and even if it's on your screen, but to have a coffee together and to talk. Um, so we encourage this kind of uh, these kind of things, and we also say like we have this rule of um, it, it's easy to misunderstand something when you you know when you're talking in on in a virtual. Uh, way so so we say you have to ask twice um how something was meant before you're ang- like before you're allowed to get upset about something because it's so easy to misunderstand yeah. and we also encourage people to use uh you know the emoticons so you can you can really understand how you know is, is that ironic or you know is there a laugh or a cheek um so um yeah this is a good way to get to know people and it's also um it's very inclusive because I think if you're in a big office building, you always have these small groups that form, you know, the the people that go to smoke outside together the people that always have a coffee at a certain time or that, you know, meet up for lunch. And then very quickly you have, you know, within these groups, you have a certain kind of information that's being passed on. So in a virtual chat channel, this is open to everyone. Like everybody can see what you're talking about. Everybody can you know listen and they don't even need to you know some people are more introverts so they like to read about it and they like to be you know included in the conversation without having to say something um so i think this is actually a, a very nice tool to keep this um yeah this personal relation going but we also saw and and that's the last point <laughs> i'm going to make you um, and we also saw that um it's really important to keep the personal contacts um, so we meet up, like by now, we meet up every two months, every eight weeks. Uh, we renovated an old house so we can, you know, use it for for meetings and also for sleepovers. Like it's a bit of like a youth hostel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess it's a kind of fun outing. So that coming together in person has also the the social element of seeing each other there. Totally. It, it's really, it's, it's a fun time.
1: And because we don't see each other every day, we're really looking forward to seeing each other. Um, it's kind of an event. Um, most people have to stay overnight, like either the night before or the, the day after, um, because they're coming from from far away. Um, and we usually don't uh, don't fly uh, inside the company, so it's it's a train ride, and then you need a few hours to get there. And it's we have a lot of um, you know mothers in the in the team, and you know to to go to be out for two days even, and to leave your children behind. Um, it can be really, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, you have to organize everything, but it's still, it's it's a fun outing. Like you, you, like, yes, we cut we come together to work and we do work when we meet each other, but it still is also, it has this social event character of like, I'm out, I'm traveling, I'm by myself um, and I'm only getting back home like tomorrow night. So um, it's fun.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds like fun and like a good balance um, to have this flexibility of working remote and at the same time, the feeling of, of feeling a connection to the people you're working with. Um, talking about, let's say, the last couple of weeks, um, we're recording this interview now. It's April 2020. And here in Europe, we're really in the midst of, of the corona times. And um I was wondering for your company who has already been working remote, has been set up remote, what has changed for you over the last few weeks?
1: Yeah, um, well, we are an online company. We sell mainly online. It's our biggest sales channel. And as a team, we're organized in a remote setup. So um, let's say our essential our essentials are still running more or less the way they did uh, before, um, which is a great relief. And I know it's that's very different uh, for many other companies at the moment. Um, but of course, for us, things have changed too. Like we had to close our offline um, sales points, like our showrooms in Cologne and Berlin, and, um, we had to organize our logistics and shifts and with like, extra measures to you know, um, safeguard the, the health of our employees and to make sure that we can you know, stay up and running. Um, a lot of people have their kids at home at the moment, which is also quite unusual and also not something that we're so used to as a team um, to organize you know, homeschooling and work and a partner maybe that's also at home now all the time. Um so some people um have it easy and, and it's actually not a problem because the kids are already bigger or they can really, you know, share the, the tasks with their with their partner. Um but some also are not just not able to work because they have small children and they need, you know, attention all day and the grandparents can't help out. So These are special situations where, um, but you can see that the team is really working together. So we have some people, you know, that, that are able to work a lot, or I don't can't, can't do their usual job at the moment, because let's say the showroom is closed. So we have 10 people that, um, that aren't working as usual. So they are there and they are offering their time and they are sharing, you know, jobs and tasks now with, with their colleagues and, um, so there's a lot of um, the sense of solidarity and, you know, of, of just trying to help each other through this time. So, um,
0: and I also heard that you took some, let's say, risk uh, mitigation <laughs> activities when it comes to the shipping of the shoes. Could you tell us more about that? Yes. Well, one of the big risks um, that, uh,
1: that we were facing was that our logistics had to close down. Um, be it because of some kind of a case of quarantine or because of the, uh, a complete lockdown where you know, only the really essential um, jobs could still uh, work. So um, we were really scared that we wouldn't be able to ship our shoes anymore. Um, and therefore, the only, the only solution we could think of was to say, okay, if there will be a complete lockdown, um, the only thing we can do is to, sh- to ship shoes from home. So um, when, you know, we knew there was, was going to be a big announcement the next week, um, and we didn't know what kind of, like, like a government announcement, like regarding the measures that were being taken. And we were really fearing that uh, complete lockdown. So in that weekend, uh, we had a huge truck um, just uh, driving shoes through throughout the country almost, I mean, this region, um, to store it at people's homes um, so we could keep running
0: so that would have been the plan B to ship shoes from garages. Yes, that, that was our plan B,
1: and um, I'm very happy if we don't have to do it. But yeah, we had that. You know, everything was in place. Like people just said, okay, I have a garage. I have I have space for this and that. How many cartons or pallets of shoes? And uh, we ship, We have twenty thousand pairs of shoes distributed throughout the team. So um, if worst comes to worst, we can still we can still ship.
0: So it's not just the employees, also the shoes are remote now. I've also uh, seen that you have expanded your services quite a bit in this times uh, to share your learnings um, with other companies, so through online sessions, um, just to share your expertise. And how how is this coming along? Yes, that was, um, you know, in in those times, I think everybody is asking themselves, how can
1: we contribute? What can we do to to support, to help? Um, So for us, that was one of the things that we thought, okay, that's a part, you know, that's an area where we have some expertise. Um, We have run a team like remotely for the last uh, four or five years. Um, And maybe we can share a bit of our best practice to make it easier for other companies or other teams that are suddenly, you know, working in this way. Um, So we thought about, you know, what kind of um, formats could work. And um, we found, um, yeah that's an online coaching webinar whatever it could could be the right way um so we're trying this out today and we have quite a few um people that um registered for it and um we're just gonna share the way you know like show how we work um a bit of like best practice what's working for us and then we'll have a question and answer session in the end um to to answer all kind of questions that might come up so
0: yeah maybe as a as a preview um for the startup stereo (laughs) listeners what would you say are the essentials um for someone who's never worked from home before to let's say stay productive stay focused motivated what would you recommend there
1: well we have um we kind of have two focus points one is how to run a team and how to keep your team together when you're suddenly you know dispersed and everybody's working from home i think that's a bit more where we see our expertise and then there's a second focus on how do you organize yourself at home and there are actually quite a few people now um, that are giving also quite good advice on that Um, and that's also something that we're like we might focus on a bit more but then it's probably somebody else from the team who will who will do this um, more from the you know people and culture team but well, what helps me is to, you know, to keep a routine during the day, to get up at a certain time, um, to organize my workday according to a certain routine that helps me, you know, to have a specific time for answering emails, for, um, for having meetings and, and, and chats, and then to have a specific time um, set aside for, for deep work, like for work that I really need to do that I don't want to be disturbed. Um, and then in, in that moment, like, let's say if I'm writing an article or something that I really need to concentrate on and that I want to get into a flow and don't want to be, you know, pulled out of the flow every now and then. Um, so then I really go offline, like very, you know, I switch off everything, my phone, my, I, I close my browser window and I just work on my document. So that really helps me. Um, And I usually also have one day a week that I try to schedule all my meetings, you know, all kind of calls and meetings and one-on-ones that we have and and team chats, you know, with my my team. So um, that's one day. And then that day is only meetings, but then I'm also through with it for the rest of the week. So that's also very helpful. And the other thing is that you, like when I have a family, so, you know, I'm not, I don't get lonely here, but um, I know of a few people who do. Uh, at the moment, because you know they don't live their regular social life, so I think it's also important to to take that into account and to to schedule meetings like coffee calls or something with your colleagues to you know stay in touch, um maybe to go out for a walk if you're somewhere where you're allowed to do this, you know to have some time for relaxation and also to to be to take it easy at this moment of time like we're we're all in a very, very strange and unknown and unexpected situation. And this has an impact on how we feel and, you know, we should be more tolerant with each other also. Like we won't, you know, be our most productive at the moment, probably. You know, we have to deal with a lot of new things. Um, We have to, I think we just have to take it easy also at this moment of time and to take it easy with ourselves, but also with our colleagues and to just, you know, take it day by day, step by step.
0: (laughs) know um, you mentioned already your family, and I know that, well, one of the motivations also for creating Wildling in the Shoes are really to support your kids and many kids around the world. Um, and I was wondering, because it's not just your kids who are the inspiration, possibly for the product, but also that you are working together with your husband. So it is a real family-started business, let's say. Um, what? How has this journey been of really combining a uh, family life and the company, working together with your partner? What are things you can share from that journey? Well, I think um, we're very
1: passionate about this project um, so that kind of makes it easy to always you know give room to this um, it's we did it for our own kids um, they were very much involved in the product development and you know also choosing colors in the beginning and being part of our photo shootings and and sessions and um they really live this too. I mean, they really know a lot about it and they're very interested and they wear the shoes of course. And um, they talk to their friends about it. So it's kind of like little influencers there. (laughs) It's a family business and we all live it also. Um, But of course it's not always easy. Like, especially, I mean, um, my husband, he's more the the visionary. Um, He has the crazy ideas. Um, He has, um, he works in, in product development, but only, you know, giving ideas and, and checking new developments. And also, um, he always had a, had a very strong vision for um, our customer relationship. So, that's kind of the things that he's very much involved in, um, but less on a daily basis and more as, you know, somebody who gives impulses and, and who has a vision and, and shares it with the rest. And I'm more, um, I mean, I, I really do the management, so I'm, you know, this is my full time job and his full time job is first of all, it's kids at home and you know, then he's, uh, he's there for, um, for guidance. Um, so we have very, very different roles in this company. And this doesn't always make it easy. You know, he comes with a crazy idea. And, um, and then I just think about, okay, well, I have to put this into, you know, I have to make this become reality. And, you know, do I really want to do this? Or... And we have a lot of structures now, Bill. I mean, we have a big team. And this doesn't work anymore on, you know, just an impulse and just an idea. And, and you know, everybody's going to run in the same direction. This is a, this is a team now. And they need structure and they need processes and clarity and, you know, clear role definitions and everything. And it's not always easy <laughs> for my husband to understand that. <laughs> so he, he's a person that just doesn't adhere to any rule, any process, anything. Like he's a really, really free spirit. Um, so we have some discussions about this too. And I think it's just important um, because this is also, it's, it's not always easy. Like we're both as passionate about this project um, and, and, you know, when he has a different idea from, from me, then we start, you know, struggling about which direction this will go. Um, so it's really important to also keep some time set aside to, you know, just being a family, just being a couple, just, you know, talking about things that are not, you know, not widening, um, especially when you're working from home also because, you know, work is always there. It's very easy to blend work and life. It's very comfortable also. I really enjoy it because it gives me a lot of flexibility and freedom. But on the other hand, you need to be really careful that it doesn't take over your complete life.
0: Yeah, it's a very close step sometimes, I guess, from the living room to the office. And you're right there in another world. Um, Yeah, and
1: I mean, you carry work with you on the phone. Um, you have it always there, you know. It's it's so easy and it's so distracting, you know. To just oh, okay, let's let's just check the last emails that came in, or yeah, oh, you see, I got I don't know, I got a photo from somebody, so I need to check up on
0: that. Um, and what helps really... you there in, in those moments to to stay focused and say okay, now it's it's family time or now it's mother time? I'm
1: very bad in this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what helps me is a very strict husband that just tells me put the phone away. Now, <laughs> I don't do it. Um, no, really, it's it's something that I've been wanting to, to to learn and to do better for quite a long time. And I'm getting better, but um, I'm not there yet. I mean, basically, I should just leave the phone here when I go, you know, to the kitchen to, to eat with my family, and not have the phone on me. Because as my husband says, like nothing is going to happen if you don't answer for half an hour, and he's completely right. Um, but it's something that you need to be very self-disciplined. And I just love work, so it's. It's very hard sometimes not
0: to work. Yeah. I mean, of course, when we talk to founders, that's always what's driving them. And that's what makes, I think, the beauty of having your own company and running it. Uh, So I I understand. (laughs) Um, Coming, also talking to you as a founder and as someone you've talked at the beginning already about creating a company culture, creating the vision. What else would you say were really big milestones or learning along this journey of the last four or five years where you would say as a founder that have marked the the growth of the company and the culture
1: well this is um a difficult question let me just think um it's i think in the beginning you're extremely focused um on the product for example i mean that's like the biggest thing the biggest project you're working on and really has to be done right and we really wanted a, a unique selling proposition. We really wanted our product to solve a problem, an actual problem. So that was kind of like key focus is to get that product right and to get it right for your target group also. Like not to just get it right for yourself, but to get it right for the market out there and to see what really is needed. Um, so it's a lot of product, um, market fits, target group um, branding, um, and then also very important, you know, we're very customer focused. Um, so building up that relationship with our customers or rather our community was also very, very essential. Um, so that's kind of, I think the key focus in the beginning and, and to really get that right, like to be your own brand and to, to create a world around that brand, um, to create a feeling more than, you know, than just, you know, a technical function, whatever. Um, so, so that was that was kind of the key focus in the first years. Um, and then when you start building up a team, suddenly that becomes like a huge focus, too. I mean, it's it's really basically, in the end, it's the team that will you know bring you further or not. Um, so to realize that, and it was really funny because I always thought, okay, i I don't want to have a team. <laughs> like I, like maximum ten people, like I, I can't imagine like working with more people. and I thought it was really, it would be really tough and really hard. Um, and
0: now you have 130 working together on Wildling. Yes, and it's fantastic. It's it's really, I think that's
1: the key focus now is to, to really build that team and nurture the team and to find the right processes and structures that make working together easy and fun. Um, to hand over that same, you know, w- what motivates me most is really that sense of, like, autonomy. Like, Autonomous work um, of, of being able to just you know decide for myself what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and, and to just hand that over and make it possible for other people to work in the same way. I think that's also really a big focus um, at the moment. And I think one that that you should really dedicate time to as a founder. Like when you start building a team, that becomes I think the should become the center focus of of, of what you do in the daily. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was also we didn't start this company because we wanted to make money. Like it was, of course, we needed something that we could live from. Like we needed to have a you know an income and to, to feed our kids, obviously. Um, and and of course, that was you know one of the things that we wanted to achieve with whitening. But we never wanted to build up a big company. We never had an exit scenario. We, like we weren't in this for you know the money. Um, so when it started working really well and kind of better than we ever expected, um, I really had a moment of crisis also when I thought, okay, where is this going and and why? And, you know, is, is this actually something that we want? Um, and then, but then I just understood that, you know, Whitening can be a platform to do so much more. Like, yes, we're here to make shoes and we want to, you know, help people to move more freely and you know to to move really naturally and as if they were benefit wherever they go and this has a huge impact on health like we get a lot of like customer feedback in that way so that is still of course also a very important thing but we can do more like we can move people not only move their bodies but we can move them in their heads like we can think of ways to work more sustainably we can And and do it also and show that it can be done and that it makes a lot of sense. Um, We can find more ways to, you know, to work more fairly with each other, like with our producers, with our team, like with everybody that we're involved with. Um, And of course, we can, you know, innovate. We can like we have an innovative product, but we can keep innovating. So Wilding has become the platform to do all of that, Um, and that kind of then it makes a lot of sense, you know, to to do this well. And because when you do it well, you can do more, and then you can inspire more people, and then maybe we can, you know, make this a movement instead of just, uh, yeah, something that you do by yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, make it a movement instead of just a shoe. I think that's uh, really cool looking also towards the future. So imagine 10 years from now, like where, how do you think uh, we will work and live? And and also maybe what's next for Wildling? Okay, that's a
1: very, very difficult question at the moment when, you know, so many things that we thought were um, written in stone, and you know so many plans that we had and things that we were so sure you know so certain that they um, that they would always be a staple in our lives um, have become uncertain and and questionable so um, I think um, well, I guess for Wildling, this vision will take us further we want to become a movement like we want to do a lot more than just to make shoes. Um, we have had to put some projects on hold now that i'm very sad about um especially projects that you know are like around corporate volunteering and funding nature projects like rewilding and you know renaturalizing areas um that would be our our big thing to you know to tackle as a company as a team um but this is on hold for now at the moment, but you know, I'm sure we'll get back to that. Um, And concerning work um, in the future, I think people won't want to work the way most people at the moment are still, you know, still have to work. Um, It's, uh, you know, people drive to work, have to commute um, at least half an hour, an hour, like one way, um, and then back in, in the evening, they sit somewhere in an office nine hours, a day and then they go back home and somehow you know the week passes in, in the blink of an eye and you kind of find yourself on the weekend again and then another week and then another week and you're just you know in this hamster wheel and you don't know how to get out and somehow you just feel like something is wrong. So um, and you also don't find meaning in what you do. I think many people really um, like experience that kind of frustration in, the, in their daily jobs and I think people will be much less tolerant towards that. Like, we'll really accept that less. Like, especially maybe now after, you know, learning that life is yeah. not something that, you know, is guaranteed to you and, and that the freedoms that we had, like, are not something that we can, you know, always rely on. Um, I think people want to make, like, want to dedicate their time to something that is worthwhile dedicating their time to. And I think that um, that the models, like, the, the individual you know, life models will be different. I think maybe you just want to work 30 hours a week and that should be completely fine because you need more time with your family or for your hobbies or something that you find really meaningful that you want to dedicate your time to, like in addition. So I think we should become more flexible as, um, as employers and allow people to, you know, make their own structures, like make their own models of how they want to live and how they want to work. And I think like working remotely, is one way um, and also with a, you know, with a system that you can commit to certain goals and then you can just look at the result instead of, you know, checking how many hours somebody sets in front of their computers Um, to use creativity instead of, you know, just presence of somebody. Um, I think this will be much easier to combine and I think that will definitely... um, be part of the working culture very soon.
0: That was actually one of the things I also wanted to ask you with regards to companies and the organizational setup. Um, do you think there will be much more decentralized structures coming now? Well, I think what we're seeing at the moment, of course, you know,
1: is is a setup that is um, defined by crisis, and and people just are suddenly like find themselves in a decentralized setup without having you know built the structures for it first. Um, but I think there's also good opportunity in just trying out to work this way. I mean, people are finding out that it's actually, you know, as efficient to hold a meeting virtually as it would be, you know, to sit in the office. And people are seeing, um, I think, also that there are results if people work from home. Like people can actually be very, very productive. I think even more productive when they work from home than many would be in, a, in an office setup. up. Um, so you also see that you can hold conferences with people from all over the place or even internationally without having to fly somewhere and to meet up in person. So I think that's that's actually a good chance um, to try out uh, new ways of working together of cooperating. And I think that many will also see the good sides and and the you know advantages and and the opportunities in it. and I think that will also help to create a more, you know, decentralized way of working together, help to create more trust because people see that actually you don't have to have the person next to you in the office to know that they are working. Um, And it it will
0: bring into motion a lot of change, I think. We're already coming to uh, where it's the end of our conversation and one thing I ask all the invitees um, to the podcast is uh, with regards to advice they have received in the past. So in your case, um, as founder of Wildling, where would you say was the best and also maybe the worst advice that someone has given you?
1: Well, we had a very interesting um, session on on recession proofing um, with um, mentors from, from the Accelerator group um, that's actually have been through an economic crisis like the financial crisis or 911 or you know the dot com burst um so it was very interesting to get their perspective on how this might develop and you know which parts we should really have a very very close eye on and what to be careful of um so um I think that was very very good advice that we got there and it really opened our eyes to you know not be too positive or too optimistic and to really also plan for the very worst case and um, regarding worst advice i don't think i really have um, a piece of, of very bad advice given to us it's just um, some people will give you some advice that is true for them um, and for their specific company or setup and that just won't work for you um, because of your you know company culture or setup or goals or vision or whatever And I think it's just, it's always good to know that, that you will also receive a lot of advice to consider it, but also to be, you know, to just say, okay, that doesn't work for us and I don't have to, you know, take this into account.
0: Given the experiences you have made now, what kind of advice would you give to a younger self, to your younger self? Well, I would um, tell myself to
1: just, you know, trust intuition, to just go by the heart more than the head um, and to just um, to be brave and, you know, to follow your
0: dreams. I'm sure that goes in line also with your personal mantra of uh, where there's a will, there's a way, right? Or what does that mean to you? Uh, yes, that's. I think that's true. I think if you really, really want something um,
1: and, I mean, you don't want it, you know, just for selfish reasons, but you really um, find meaning in it and you really think that's very valuable, um, then you should just pursue it. And yes, there will be, you know, there will be problems, there will be obstacles, there will be doubts and questions, and you will have to, it won't be a straight way forward. Like there will be a lot of, you know, curves and detours, and sometimes you have to trace backwards and then, um, but that's fine. I mean, if you keep your goal in mind, then you will find a way to get there, I'm very sure.
0: Thank you very much, Anna, for your time and for joining Startup Stereo. Thank you, Katrin. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for plugging in to the sounds of founders, innovators, and changemakers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Startup Stereo, powered by German Accelerator. We would love to hear your feedback to improve the experience for you over the next episodes and we hope you're as excited as we are for more. If you want to find out more about German Accelerator, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn or Facebook and check out our website, germanaccelerator.com.